Welcome to the voice of St. Anthony Parish. My name is Father Robert J. Carr, and I am the administrator of St. Anthony Parish in Alston, Massachusetts, and I welcome you to our broadcast, which, of course, is here every single Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on WROL Radio, 9.50 a.m., 100.3 FM, and also you can find us at catholicaudiomedia.com. Well, it is Thursday, and we are now on our way to the second episode of Sister Helena Burns' series on the theology of the body. Hey folks, this is Sister Helena Burns from the Daughters of St. Paul in Jamaica Plain. We're continuing our series on what is theology of the body, answering some of your questions about it, and we're still at the very beginning stages just outlining and giving some of the background to St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body, his masterwork. He, of course, you know, addressed many topics and wrote about many things. Uh, he was also a poet and a playwright. <laughs> but this is really considered by all his masterwork, his Theology of the Body. So last week we spoke about when he released it and about his prior work called Love and Responsibility, a philosophy of the body. So that's that's a good book to read before you attempt the theology of the body. And the beautiful thing about theology of the body, and it is a theology, you know, it's a study of God. I mean, literally study of God of the body. Theology means study of God and the things of God. Is that's, that's awkward. <laughs> the study of God of the body well, for Christians, he is the God of the body. He is the incarnation. Jesus Christ himself is the theology of the body. And he shows us the destiny of the human body is glory, to be resurrected uh, in glory. We're going to follow our master in that. And the fact that God would become man forever, true God and true man, means the human can interface with the divine. And that's the dignity of the human body. So the theology of the body isn't just these two books. It's everything John Paul II ever wrote because he was working out, as we said, an anthropology and an adequate, complete anthropology that would truly honor the human person. Now, why him? Why was John Paul II, in a sense, given this knowledge? I always see it as a gift from God to us through John Paul II. Why him? Well, I think it had to be him, and it could only have been him because of the place in history, the fact that he was from Poland, um, and, and who he was as a man, just all kind of came together in a good kind of perfect storm to make him the man to give us theology of the body. Was he just like Elvis, a talented individual in the right place at the right time, and the world was ready for rock and roll? Yes, exactly. Now, some people even think that John Paul II's theology of the body is what we would call a new system in the church, a system of theology or thinking or approaching the faith. There have only been two other systems in the church, and this does not mean a compilation of the faith like in a catechism. A catechism is a Bible study in reverse, what we believe and then where it is in the Bible. This is a kind of configuring of the Catholic faith around creation, taking matter seriously as we should. So 
The first such system was St. Augustine, 4th century. The second such system was St. Thomas Aquinas, 13th century. See, see the huge gaps of time in between these systems? Because there is a development of doctrine. There is a progression. Um, and also the world changes. World history affects church history, certainly, and vice versa. Um, but people have new questions, new sensibilities, new ideas. And not that the old ones don't fit anymore, but they need to be expanded on. They, we need to go deeper. Development of doctrine doesn't mean that doctrine keeps changing because Jesus tells us that it doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The truth doesn't change. We are supposed to be keepers of the truth. Um, to preach it and keep it is something to be guarded and and shared. So, and to be faithful to it. But we we need a lot more input today from the 13th century. I have heard Thomists say, and these are people who are scholars and authorities on St. Thomas Aquinas and his work, say we absolutely needed John Paul II today. And and hold on to your hats, Thomas Aquinas lovers, but that we need to read some of Aquinas now in light of John Paul II. Carol Wojtyła, that was his name before Pope. Carol Wojtyła. <laughs> um, because the, so many things were assumed in the times of Thomas Aquinas. Um, the soul, heaven, God. I mean, there was, there was so many that the body had a dignity. Um, there was just so many things that were assumed that people did not question that we are questioning today. And it's beautiful. It's good to ask questions because then we get beautiful answers. We get deeper answers. And God always has answers for us. And his answers are always beautiful. So each system in the Catholic Church builds on the others. So Augustine built on the apostles, certainly Jesus and the apostles. Uh, Thomas Aquinas had a lot of updating to do from the 4th to the 13th century and going deeper and restating things in ways that people can understand, in ways that people are interested in. You know, um, people may not be as interested today how many angels can dance on the pin of a head. Maybe that was like a great pastime in the Middle Ages <laughs> where people pondered things because they, um, they saw God everywhere. They imagined angels behind every tree, which of course they are, but we don't think like that anymore. We're not thinking of those things. Our awareness isn't about that. And it's not as though everybody knows their faith so well that we have time to do all this speculation and conjecture. People have really serious and dire questions about the nature of reality today. People are questioning reality. People are questioning, there's profound skepticism about the nature of reality today. And everything's up for grabs, as we know. Uh, big, big seismic shifts in, in philosophy and education and just everywhere. So I really believe we will be unpacking John Paul II's Theology of the Body for centuries to come. It is so, uh, in a sense, new and so brilliant, um, illuminating the past, illuminating everything that we believe, and, and with some beautiful new insights, too, that we've never heard before. One way I look at John Paul II's Theology of the Body is that we have all these truths. I mean, reality is a, is a series of truths, right? 
things are true and we have to learn them as a child. Like, what's what do you call that, mommy? That's a tree, you know? We have to learn about the life around us and our, ourselves and human relationships and society and how everything fits together. But it, it can be very disjointed, like a, like a jigsaw puzzle in a big cardboard box. And that's the Catholic faith, too. We have all these truths. We have the Bible is, is huge. It's full of all kinds of stuff. Jesus told us to do many different things and avoid other things and this and that. There's just meant a lot to know, a lot to experience. We can keep it simple, too. Love the Lord and love the, your neighbor. But then we have to parse that out. Well, how do I do that in this situation, etc.? So John Paul II took this big jigsaw puzzle of life and faith and love, and he poured it out on the table, and he put the jigsaw puzzle together so we could see how each piece connects to the other. And now we have this beautiful vision of the completed puzzle of who we are as human beings, as images of God, and where we're going, what we're called to, the greatness that every human being is called to. In the image of God. We are called to be more in the image of God. That's something we can do. You know, the factory set, every human being's factory set is human dignity and uh, made in the image of God. But how we ourselves imitate God and open ourselves to His grace to become more and more and more in His image, that's up to us. That's not automatic. So, a lot of theology of the body is that how do we live authentically? And to live authentically means to live as you were created, um, to live what you're called to, the greatness that you're called to, in God's light and in God's plan for us. So the theology of the body is seen as a new system, came out in the 20th century. And Pope John Paul II spoke frequently of the new evangelization, a need for the new evangelization. And what he meant by that is that many countries that used to be Christian, many peoples that used to be Christian are either no longer Christian or just nominally Christian, um, not practicing their faith, not knowing their faith, not excited about their faith or whatever. So so what does new evangelization mean? Do you just use the same old methods to preach the gospel and help people along in their lives uh, living living the gospel? No, because it's new. We it, The old stuff stopped working, right? We were doing, not that we were, it, it worked for a time. Um, and you could say, well, if we just kept doing it, it would have worked. No, we have to adapt. We do have to adapt. Not Again, not changing truths, but adapting. Ancient truths, new forms. And I don't just mean new forms of media to get the word out, but there's nothing worse than answering a question nobody's asking, you know? <laughs> or just talking at people and not finding out their life experience. So God, in, in this gift of theology of the body, is starting in some ways with human experience. And that is a philosophy called phenomenology that John Paul II employs in his theology of the body. He is both a Thomist, St. Thomas Aquinas, and a phenomenologist. So we'll talk, I know that sounds really heavy, but it's really not, because I'm going to explain everything. So next time we will take up a little more of the introduction to John Paul II's Theology of the Body. If you'd like to get um, the book Theology of the Body or Love and Responsibility, you can get it at our bookstore in Dedham, 
Pauline Books and Media, 781-326-5385, or go to paulinestore.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you, sister. And that was, of course, Sister Helena Burns from the Daughters of St. Paul. I took my bike over there uh, a couple weeks ago. I was actually... uh, down there on Route 1 coming from Alston. It's uh, not too far away. It's right there on Route 1 South in Dedham, Massachusetts, across from Legacy Place. And don't forget, paulinestore.com. You can find them. You can also find them through catholicaudiomedio.com. Have a blessed week. We'll see you tomorrow. Have you visited catholicaudiomedia.com? There you can find material to help strengthen your faith and even support this radio program. Web videos on how to read the Bible, music from Father Adriano Zandana, links to column websites, and even the Pauline Bookstore, and even merchandise such as coffee mugs to bring a smile and encouragement during this time. CatholicAudioMedia.com CatholicAudioMedia.com CatholicAudioMedia.com